The Torcast. Welcome to episode three. Uh, today we're joined by Al Olson, a good friend of ours. We've been friends for a long time. Myself and, of course, Tor, the therapist. <laughs> How's everybody? How did everybody's week go this this week? Spectacularly. Spectacularly. Went well. Awesome. All right, so we're going to start off again with another quote um, like we did last week. Those who are crazy enough to think they can change the world usually do. Steve Jobs. You guys, you've heard that quote before? Say it again. I said, those who are crazy enough to think they can change the world usually do. I just, mm-hmm. I, I always liked that quote. I thought it was. It's funny. a nice quote, but I would imagine that there's a lot of kooky people out there Lots who, of kooky people. Who, are, who really think they're going to change the world and probably, uh, you know, aren't, are, are going to be laughed at and not much more. But I, I get the point that you have to be kind of outrageous, you know, to to have like any kind of profound effect, I suppose. It's a nice sentiment, at least, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I liked it. Speaking on Steve Jobs, um, I don't know if you guys know about Pixar. Do you know his history with Pixar? Yeah. Back in uh, 1985, when he was ousted from Apple, mm-hmm. um, he bought Pixar, which then at the time was called Graphics Group from Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. for $5 million. Um, okay. He became the company's largest shareholder and CEO until Disney bought it back for $7.4 billion in 2006. $7.4 billion? Yeah. From, from, from uh, what was it, $5 million. That's an above average investment. <laughs> yeah, it's really you serious. <laughs> That's great. Do you guys know anything about how they make the Pixar movies or anything like that? No. Computer graphics? I was no. say, it's completely uh, computer graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most amazing part of it is that they're able to pro- provoke emotion out of graphics. You know, the old stuff is, was so cold and so impersonal, often didn't sync well, and it didn't resonate with the audiences. I think Pixar probably broke the mold in that, and they they're first to really develop that emotion. You know, even with the, their little animated lamp in the beginning, right? Yeah, they, they, they provoked emotion out of that, and I think that kind of set them off. Um, it's really cool. They're they're actually like um, any movie. Take for for instance, Finding Nemo. That's one of your uh, your grandson's favorite films. Uh, to render it or whatever to make the movie and model it and everything it takes a few years. A big team team of a bunch of people modeling but the, the the insane part is once they're done with the movie and they get it signed off on they click render and they got a server full like a, a farm full of uh high-end servers mm-hmm. and it takes two to three years to actually render the movie from beginning to end really? once it's done is that right really? yeah they render it frame by frame and it's stored just in case something happens they can pick up where they left wow. off but two to three years that so like when amazing. frozen 2 just came out you know, i think this last year 2019 so it, they probably started hitting hit render at 2016. Everything, right? everything, wow. everything's been done. You know, what I think is interesting is that uh, I would guess that it's just a matter of time before people are going to be able to do an entire regular feature film that looks like real actors and so on, but is all some type of animation, mm. M- meaning you or I or anybody will be able to do the whole thing in off our computer, uh, like... A mega computer, like a zillion times more powerful, but that's that's all you know happening now. But you know what I mean? It's like you'll be able to uh, say, "Oh, I, I want a, a Warren Beatty uh, character." Mm. So you you get that? Maybe you buy it or what, whatever it is. Sure. And then you get this, and and I want a backdrop of such and such. I want the. In other words, the what you see on a script, and all the notes on a script. 
you're going to be able to to type that into your computer mm-hmm. and make a movie. And it's going to, and it'll be artistic. It'll be, I, it'll be spectacular. I, th- I think they can do that now. I think there's a yeah. certain resistance to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's interesting. Cold the Wild, which was just done and, and came out, the dog is 100% CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of the critics said that there was no emotion in the dog's eyes, and people seem to disagree because they're seeing it. Uh-huh. But um, that's something they can do now. And, of course, there's a whole moral issue uh, to whether or not dead actors and actresses could be brought back mm, yeah. put in movies, and they've done a lot of that already, right. where they have to get, obviously, permissions to do right, it. Right. But there's something, you know, a little bit Blade Runner about the whole <laughs> concept of it. Mm. You know, uh, It's cool. The idea of, you know, uh, robots and... Um, there's a thing that happens with uh, uh, when you get too close. Have you guys have heard of the Uncanny Valley? It's mm-hmm. when you get so close, like you're 95% of the way there to like doing a human's face. And it looks great up until 95%. And once you hit that mark, everybody go, recoils and goes, whoa, something looks off about that. And it tricks something in their brain. Is that right? And we haven't quite crossed it oh, yet. Okay, like, interesting. Yeah, so like when All you right. see someone who's completely 100% CG, you're getting close. Right. It's just there's just something about the brain that we don't accept as real, but we're going to pass that soon enough. Well, I think there's something yeah, too. Maybe in, not. Maybe not. Maybe it would be kind of cool if we don't get past that it. That would be kind of cool too. <laughs> well, but the problem is you also there's you know there's a, a resistance to artificial intelligence just mm. simply because um, it can be too realistic. We, we are you know we're obviously we're carbon based life forms, and what happens down the road of uh, life on Earth is really a silicon based life form. Uh, that again goes back to that Blade Runner theory. But right now, if you create artificial intelligence that's more intelligent than we are. Can we going to be controlled? Does it go out of? Go, does, it go, does it take over the world? Is it possible? I hope so. <laughs> Lawnmower man all over again. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, we were going to talk about this last week, but we ran out of time about Neuralink. Remember, I told you about that, mm-hmm. and that kind of goes on what you're saying, Al. It's about uh, when AI gets to a certain point. It's basically when it surpasses us. It's going to be like um, trying to explain God to an ant within a matter of like a month. Like once it gets to a certain point, it's going to exponentially grow so much faster. So Elon Musk's solution to this is he purchased a company called Neuralink. And it's kind of like a mesh that goes into your brain and it lets you interface with the computer. So basically, uh, once AI gets to that point, it won't surpass us. We'll be able to interface and control it. Suppose, hypothetically speaking. Mm, hypothetically. Yeah, who knows? It's going to, you know, who knows what could happen with that. That's, but that's, uh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, the advances on one hand are ter- terrific. People with uh, severe spinal cord injuries, they're now creating artificial links that the body will be uh-huh. able to move based on power from the brain uh-huh. and electronics. Uh-huh. It, you know, we laughed back in the day about think shows like Six Million Dollar Man and yeah. the, and the movie <laughs> Lawnmower Man and things like that. And, um, but it's, I never you know, saw put, Lawnmower Man. But it's it potentially, like it uh, it's, it's interesting, but it's potentially uh-huh. true. And, you know, we don't know where we came from and we don't know if we're a mistake that somebody created. There's no way to tell. Yeah. But we are certainly on the verge of having somebody with evil intent create something that could take over the world and wipe us out. And the fact is, if it can grow like a virus, you know, and, and recreate itself, reproduce, are we at risk of being? Uh, I don't. I don't extinct? agree that that we we can't know where we came from. I tend to disagree. I, mm. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I certainly, I'm, I'm sure, I'm more agnostic than than that. And mm. but the fact is, you know, if you look at what scientists have uncovered, they're saying that there might have been 
cycles of intelligent life on Earth. Oh, sure. That have been mm-hmm. wiped out. Millennia passes and then it starts over. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, has Earth rebooted an infinite number of times? Are we just another phase in the reboot or another I th- uh, I version? I think we could be. Yeah. You know, there's people that have memories of distant past, like children. They can recall certain events that happened in their life before. Maybe. It's never been proven, but mm-hmm. it just, it's interesting anyway. But there's a joke that goes with that. Like, maybe you guys know what CERN is, the Large Hadron Collider. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, may, there's a joke out there that says like, okay, maybe every like 4.6 billion years, two scientists get together and they go, ah, you're going to push it? No, I'll push it. No, you push it, you push it. And one of them hits the button and boom, the big bang happens. And then another 4.7 billion years goes by and someone goes, are you going to push it? No, I'll push it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. do, but it's just, it's just yeah, 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 yeah. And I think, as, you know, you talk about genetic memory. We all have genetic memory. You know, I, yeah. I can do things uh, construction-wise or craft-wise or skill-wise that nobody has ever taught me just because for some reason I know mm-hmm. and I've everybody I've met has that to a certain extent yeah. where they just know things that they've never been taught or never been exposed to yeah. and it has or, to be some or, form of genetic memory yeah or or s- similarly have no concept of certain things well it's probably their first apparently they've <clears throat> never there's never been a connection you know That's just, right. just exactly totally right. incapable of understanding uh, certain things or, or close to incapable. Well, so I think about it all the time when you make music or anybody makes music. I have absolutely no understanding of how music is made. I can't keep the beat. I don't hear. I thought that you were like a particularly good keyboard uh, player. I saw you in a video. Uh, yeah, Greg Allman's organ. Right? That's right. I was yeah. at Greg Allman's organ, yeah. organ and he's rolling in his grave because of it. <laughs> but, you know, the fact of the matter is that that, is something, that. that is something yeah. that's built in to your right. mind. Either you have that or you don't have that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's uh, yeah one it's, of those it's a connection. things. Well, there's yeah. genetic okay. memory. That's why um, a lot of us are afraid of spiders. Because mm-hmm. apparently the theory goes that someone in our DNA long long ago or our ancestors was killed by a spider, or it could or have something. been the spiders from Mars. Yeah, it could the spiders from Mars. But that's just that's just a thought that maybe like that's why certain people are more are more prone to arachnophobia and whatnot. But it's going back to Greg Allman's organ. <laughs> we shot a, a video for a Heart Like Mine a few months back in uh, the studio we rented here. The guy who rented the studio. Um, let Al here play on the organ. He said it was from Greg Allman himself. So mm-hmm. we thought that's a really cool piece of history there. The midnight, we'll call him the Midnight Rider. That's right. From, yeah. from now on, I prefer to be called that. <laughs> <clears throat> but I'm glad that we have Al here today because one of the topics I wanted to bring up was uh, the, the, the crack versus cocaine sentencing. How it used to be 100 times, uh, the penalty was 100 times stiffer for crack than cocaine powder form. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts on that? I have lots of thought on that, thoughts on that. Of course, crack being the poor man's cocaine, and it was a way to stretch cocaine and sell it to people in lower socioeconomic groups, and the penalty for it was higher. The profit was outrageous. Um, you know, it's just part of, the, of a whole system that's geared towards the wealthy. Um, you know, justice is supposed to be blind. And Was the penalty actually higher, or was it just that uh, those who were, were uh, arrested tend to receive higher sentences. It was 100 to 1, it says. That's what the research says. Is that right? Yeah. That's true or not. Wow. It's the same thing. But sure. yeah. you know, which came sure. first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah. You yeah. know, certainly, um, I don't think anybody can argue that the wealthy don't receive better treatment by the courts than the poor do. Right. Um, you know, you get a defense based on um, how much you can pay you also get an investigation based on your social position or how much you can 
or how much influence your family has. Mm. Um, you know, I, certainly if a university professor is, uh, is killed or a, a prominent scientist or somebody or a high-ranking politician is killed, the investigation is much more vigorous and intense and money be damned than if a, a store clerk in a, a mm. poor ghetto in Detroit is killed. Mm -hmm. you know, that's written off and nobody pays attention and maybe somebody gives us some lip service. But certainly they're not uh, providing resources in an unlimited capacity to that person. So, you know, it's, it's a system that is probably the best in the world and yet has, you know, major flaws and dealing with it is going to be one of those issues that society going forward is going to have to continue to fight to maintain mm. that, that balance as best they can and live up to the Constitution. Yeah. Obama made it actually uh, 18 to 1. So that's what it stands today. It's 18 to 1 instead of 100 to 1, which is a little bit better. 18, 18 to 1 meaning what meaning exactly? Like you get 18 times the penalty for like a gram of cocaine. Oh, really? yeah. Uh, yeah. It used to be 101. But you guys remember, you, you probably do, um, when George H.W. Bush made that speech about the war on drugs and he yeah. showed the bag of crack cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys, do you know the backstory behind that? No. I, 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 I can't recall it, but I remember reading about it. It's, so, it's yeah. pretty fucked up. Yeah. But they uh, actually lured an 18-year-old senior right, student yeah. mm -hmm. that was... He actually asked on the recording, where's the White House? Mm -hmm. Like, <clears throat> So they lured him. They mm -hmm. said the crack was purchased near the White House. Mm -hmm. But the guy set him up and brought him closer mm -hmm. to the uh, the White House and actually arrested him for that, which mm -hmm. he had no intention to do, which is messed up. But Yeah, yeah. He was a, George, he was a good guy. George, yeah, great right? guy. <laughs> but a little background on Al here. Uh, he's a retired police officer. You want to give us a little bit of background on yourself? Or? Um, actually, I, I guess I did uh, 28 years. I was a chief of police for 12 years. I was a detective. I was a an internet crime investigator for a long time, and I've lectured on that topic. Um, to great extent. Uh, now we run a private investigation company uh, geared towards uh, criminal defense, and uh, in particular, we're working with uh, indigent clients. Mm. And he's a great racquetball player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you got to be. You got to be careful. Middle of the road. Be care. He can be a little erratic, and uh, he's been known to to uh, to to send. 125 mile per hour racquetballs into his friend's eye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I resent that remark because I think it was about 165 miles an hour. That's just right. for clarification, yeah, yeah right. and it felt go. like about 300. Yeah, I heard. I heard it was because you were talking crap to him. Was that not true? That, that no, is probably true. Yeah. Is true. Yeah. Only, only uh, it was in, internal, internal speech, internal <laughs> speech, which he may have picked up on. Yeah. But back to the real quick, uh, uh, the computer learning and all that, and and uh, CG and everything that we were going to talk about this last week as well is uh, the deep fakes. Are you aware of the deep fakes that are going on now? The, um, basically, it's like a, if you see a celebrity who does a lot of podcasts or a lot of movies or television, they have them s saying so many different words in uh, English language and so many different angles that they can basically composite that together to make them say or do anything mm. that they want them to do. Uh -huh. That's That's been going on for a very long time, and a crude version of that was done back even in the days of film where they would... Uh -huh have people go through lists of things that they wanted them to say and then say it with different emotion mm. each time. So and they cut it up, you mean like that? Uh -huh. Yeah, I, you know, the, the idea has been around forever, but the technology is finally yeah. uh, catching up with the concept. Yeah, now now it, won't, it doesn't sound so unnatural where it kind of stutters, where you can tell uh -huh. it's took from different clips. Right. They just put all the information over hours and hours and days into the computer and they can just make it do whatever they want, which 
that's pretty crazy. There's, there's such a long list of useless things we could do now. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 incredible. Left to your own devices, which you'll mm-hmm. come up with. Um, so yeah, so you, you want to talk touch on the coronavirus, right? I think you're the yeah, foremost you just, expert. Just, uh, what you just said about what we just said about useless things it reminded me again about that guy who who uh, was obsessed with putting Beatles songs in the opposite uh, key. Mm-hmm. You know, ma- songs that were major key, putting them in minor. Key. It's it really is incredible, just like what people waste their uh, waste like their time on. You know, when when uh, you know, it's funny. You know, sometimes when I, like I'm in the studio working on something, I think to myself that you know, I guess, I guess that uh, people who are really really into gaming, mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of like that for them. You mm-hmm. know, but you know, the difference is that you know, and I don't I don't mean to sound like I think I'm superior or anything, but I'm just saying that I think that there's there is like a big difference in um, in and being satisfied with at the end of the day with something that you've created as opposed to uh, you know winning a game, I guess. But then again, well, they I, have, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's they have psychologists actually employed at these big game companies to to figure out how to get the dopamine drip to hit just right okay. with the reward yeah. system. So you're, you're not wrong in that. But what's funny right. is it's almost like they're people putting all this potential and time into a video game right. could put it into something that's, that's more what, beneficial. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, that's I, what agree. I, mean. I, agree, I agree with that. And if yeah. I didn't sell my accounts, I would, I would agree with it even more. Right. There's money to be made. We talked about last week about yeah. the most expensive items sold. Uh, right, right. Control items. All right. One of them, I think, was a planet. We were talking about from a game. It was like $635,000, which mm. is incredible. Mm-hmm. But but it is it is an, it's an industry in and of itself, mm-hmm. you know, and oddly enough, people that can code might spend six months working on a particular hand movement or a, uh, a facial expression uh-huh. in a game. And they pay get paid a lot of money for that because the end product is so valuable. Mm. And then the, the secondary market that you were talking about where people run up characters and then are able to sell them for some of them outrageous profits. Yeah, yeah. Um, it- it's pretty wild. It's pretty sad when people are too lazy to do something that's a leisure activity, right? And have to have somebody do that. But you know what? Yeah, good for the people who can make money off of it. It's it's it's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's part of the, the joy in doing it is the reward you get from from mm-hmm. doing it. And you know, I've it's I think it's a generational thing too. You know, because when I was young, I grew up with uh, uh, Nintendo, Mario Brothers. You know, mm-hmm. you guys are older when that happened. Um, so that. no, that, that was us. We had Mario Brothers. Did you guys play it? Well, Glenn said he's never played a video you game. You never played Mario Brothers. I've never. Pl- I've the, you know honestly, I've never played a video game except for uh, way way back when they first came out and they had those little ping pong games. Pong. pong? Remember the little? Yeah. Like, you just it was like a little ball just going from one end of the screen to the other, and I thought it was you know kind of fun. For our but generation, just, it was Donkey Kong, yeah, Mario Brothers. Yeah. I mean, I'm aware um, of them, but I, I never and a bunch them. of those. Yeah. yeah, Donkey Kong was great. I used to go into work with my dad on Saturdays with some quarters and play in the in the bar. Uh, Donkey yeah, Donkey Kong, Kong is a great game. Yeah, I fun. think that uh, it t- to me, like I've always kind of been uh, grateful that um, for some reason I'm not inclined to be a big sports fan except for baseball. Mm. You know, I I love baseball. I love the Yankees. You know, and I think it's really. Uh, it's like kind of good because I, I, I see some people who are obsessed with every sport. Every time of the year, it's just like nonstop. And it just seems to take up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And I think that I tend to look at 
the video games the same way where like yeah yeah i'm sure it's fun but but man that must take up a ton of time it can um, you know yeah it's funny because i'm critical of people that go and play golf because a round of golf <laughs> takes about four hours and then i but think you get so well, much wait. exercise well yeah but then I, but then again i think on uh, you know days like sundays we play Close to three hours of racquetball, and that seems okay for some reason. No, but racquetball is a, it's a superior sport, and and which makes us superior human beings. And I guess you must true. get that right. Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, and again, when, and I hate to say talk about people who play golf because it is a skill, and I don't have it, but um, there is no exercise. You drive around the car, you get out, you hit the ball, you drive your cart to the next. Drink beer while you're doing it. And it's funny because if, even if you want to walk, most of the uh, courses won't allow you to walk, especially on the weekends. Mm. If you want to walk, you pretty much have to be the last round of the day because there's people behind you want to play through. And Yeah. I've never been really uh, great at golf or into it, but I, I, I did see this new place, uh, Top Golf. You guys seen that? Yeah, but is it open yet? No, it's not open, not here, but I've seen you it. Know, I, I just have too much trouble with the windmill, you know? The windmill, oh, windmill miniature golf. It, it's kind of <laughs> like that. You go there and it's multiple stories. And you can have beers and hang out with your friends. And like it's mm. like bowling where you just swing. <clears throat> it's like a driving range. Yeah. And you have to hit targets. But yeah. it's like a big, fun atmosphere. So right, right. They're I, building I, one over here. Yeah. I, I think I'd, I'd try that out. But as far right. as golf goes, too many Al and I for... have been talking about going to the batting cages for 10 years now. We've never, oh, we've never we got to do that. I'd yeah. love to go to I'd the batting to cages. Yeah. Well, let's, let's make it happen yeah. then for sure. I drive go-karts. Yeah, yeah, go karts are fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We right. should have a track day, like you said. You See if we can regress and go back to our childhoods. Uh, that's what, that's <laughs> not too far back, just right. far enough. That's, right. fu that's funny. Can you enter your second childhood if you haven't completely left your first one? Well, that's the issue, I think. That's why we've been saying we're going to do it for ten years. Yeah, you, you can't let the childhood go. Did you? Uh, what was the last thing you were you started to bring up? The coronavirus. Oh, the coronavirus. Yeah. yeah, I was just. Uh, we mentioned uh, it's it's mass hysteria going on everywhere, and I don't really like you said. No one really knows a lot about it, but you from, know what I find. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I find interesting about it is that remember years ago when they were mapping the human genome yeah. and that, mm -hmm. that thing started and they ended up doing it like like 50 times faster mm -hmm. than they thought uh, as long as they thought it was going to take. And the reason was because computers have become so much more powerful. They're just able to process all of the different possibilities and do whatever work they needed to do. Why does it still take 12 to 18 months to develop uh, a, um, a, a vaccine. Vaccine, right. That, that's, all, that, that's been the thing for as long as I can remember. You know, 12 to 18 months, mm -hmm. maybe two years, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, sure I don't know anything about it, but I would just have thought that they could go through all of the possibilities so much more. I'd have to look into so, that, but I don't know. know. You think you think with the, the amount of processing power we have today, it'd be a pretty simple crack, mm -hmm. but I don't know. What yeah. do you... Uh, you know this this whole. Well, I expect an answer next week. Okay, yeah, I'll get it right. for you. This whole I'll coronavirus thing though is is interesting in that, of course, it was started by a journalist who evidently you know blew the lid off of it about the spread of this in China, and we talk about it as if it's this, it's the flu of 1918 where you know millions of people died, mm -hmm. uh, 500,000 people died in Mexico alone. It, mm. It's you know. It's not that, and it never will be, the coronavirus. We may have already had it, and it's passed. I think we all have had it. We, I was, guess, yeah, yeah, remember, like, you had a three-week yeah. thing. I had a three-week thing. Yeah, just they, before. They, yeah, yeah, they keep yeah. talking about um, the number of cases, but nobody knows. The only way to find out if you had the flu or right. the coronavirus is through a test. Most people aren't being tested. There's not enough tests. 
Uh, most people will get it. It will pass through and there'll be nothing. I saw an interesting article where the headline was, okay, you're 20-something. You're not going to get the coronavirus. Now quit killing other people. And they were talking <laughs> uh -huh. about uh -huh. Uh -huh. you know, staying away from people who were susceptible and had a or higher risk of severe uh, symptoms or complications. So we don't know. You know, I read one estimate that were 14,000 people died from the regular flu and that the rate for regular flu is one in a hundred or one in a thousand, yeah. where with the uh, um, coronavirus, I think it's two in a thousand, which is double the fatality rate. But we don't know how many people have had it, how no, many millions no, of people have, none of those already stats had are, de it. are dependable. Right? And we've created such a media firestorm with this. So many people are afraid now. And, you know, the courthouse is going to shut down this week. Restaurants in Italy have shut down. And yet... On the news today, um, all the people that were supposedly quarantined for coronavirus in Italy, impromptu singing out the window. They're having uh -huh. just all sorts of That's all right. yeah. humor with it. They're Italian, so of yeah. course they're allowed. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's not the flu of 1918. It's not going to kill that many people. And mm -hmm. is it... In, is it any worse than the regular flu that goes around every year and kills thousands and thousands of people? I think the only the thing is that that what makes it different in an important way is that we don't know everything about it. That's where it's that's where it's you know we just we don't know for sure you know uh, well the coronavirus we don't know for sure exactly no but this particular strain right, of the coronavirus, the coronavirus has always right. existed whether it's just a, a new strain right mutation. and we don't know we don't know uh when somebody is um contagious we don't know how how long they're contagious we don't even know if you could get it again if 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 you if if you know you've built up in it we don't just don't know how any of these things work right. and there's no yeah. question that that you know the people who are at risk are the people who are um, in in uh, compromised health to begin with? But you know those 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 are important people too. So I I don't think that I don't I, I wouldn't say I think that there's been a, an, an emotional overreaction. But I don't think that practically speaking, it's been um, irrational to be doing the things that we're doing. What's, I know that like you know my business up in New York it revolves all around health facilities and I, I am I am certain that if they were not taking these precautions a lot of those people would be dying. Sure so, and actually you know, I saw an interesting uh, thing I faced the nation this morning that one of the doctors who's um, advising the government on the coronavirus said that if it looks like we're doing way too much, if we're taking extraordinary measures that aren't necessary, right. then perhaps we're doing just the right thing. Yeah. And I get that. You yeah, know, yeah. This is sort of the mentality, I think, and, and myself included, where they used to say a, a, when a hurricane is coming or a big mm -hmm. blizzard is coming, you know, everybody empties mm -hmm. the stores, mm -hmm. you batten down the hatches, and then the storm misses you and you go, ah, I wasted all my time. And I have so much toilet paper on my house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, I, you know, not really. And I guess in this case, it's the same thing. Right. You know, and I, I take your point. Your point's well taken in that if we don't know, mm -hmm. and this could get horrifically worse, mm -hmm. then maybe we are doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and if we miss and this turn, thing turns out to just sort of fizzle out and, and be done, mm -hmm. uh, maybe we wasted time and money, but the bottom line is that people didn't die. So... And you it's hard talk, to say. And you were talking about, you know, the 1918 Spanish flu thing. Uh, in the United States, the, uh, the cities that 
canceled their St. Patrick's Day parade did way, 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 way better than the cities that didn't. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, sure. You know. And in the midst of all this, everybody's freaking out and pandemic. And I know it's kind of a little dark, but think about how many people die from like suicide every year. Mm-hmm. Way more than the flu. Or like, auto no, accidents. Fr- yeah, or auto accidents or, or anything like yeah. dr- drinking and driving or stuff like that. And mm-hmm. people don't seem to make, or c- even cigarettes, but people don't seem to make such a, a big deal about that. But. It's funny, though, that, I mean, it, it it's true. But I find it interesting uh, the way, because everybody does what you just did, which yeah. is to connect these little things. And how about mm-hmm. this and how about that? It's just, it's, I find, I just find that interesting, mm-hmm. you know, because... It's connected, but in another way, it's it's totally not connected. It's just the the this, the whole coronavirus thing to me is fascinating to see how people respond to it. You, you know, you there's yeah. there's the predictable thing of like, oh, this is just a bunch of baloney. The media's going crazy, blah blah blah. And then you have the hysterical people and all sorts of all sorts of different ways of of uh, processing this. And I kind of wonder if if uh, if it's partly a matter of you know that uh statement that you're never really angry about the thing that you think you're angry about mm-hmm. that it's that you're really just getting something else out sure. i think there's a lot of that at play yeah. where people just they see an opportunity to to go to um to go to their corner to go to, or to go to something that feels good i i i like to uh to to challenge this. I like to challenge that and so on. And it's not really about getting to the truth of the matter. Anyway, I'm not sure I know what I'm talking about, but I just, no, that's, I, I that's blabbered that. It was that just like that there, movie, you know? that movie when those people got the disease where they were end up killing themselves. You seen that movie, that horror movie? It was, nah. like a, it was like a disease or a one. virus or something. Mm, and, yeah. it, and they got it. And like one guy jumped in front of a lawnmower or something. Uh, it was really, it's a weird twisted movie. Uh-huh. But uh, that's just kind of what I was, I meant by that. Like what okay. if the virus was out there and it causes you to do this or do uh-huh. that? But uh-huh. yeah, people do, it's just, it's what they do. You know, people yeah. have been doing it forever. <clears throat> yeah. Just another example of we're not in control of anything. No, no. I mean, well, you can try to be, but the more you fight it, the more, the more it can get. One of my favorite fraternity. bumper stickers is relax nothing is under control that's right <laughs> nothing is under control it's, yeah but we don't control the weather uh-huh. we don't control climate change so i know this is kind of a pivot here but you were talking about uh uh you know we don't know what started first the chicken or the egg or whatever but <clears throat> if you ever thought of, have given thought to like uh the simulation theory what theory the simulation theory i know you don't quite agree on it with consciousness and and stuff like that um i was telling glenn one day that apparently within like 30 years from now, we'll be able to build a, com- a, a, a computer program that, like The Sims, like the little game with the little NPC characters, mm-hmm. that they'll be aware, they'll awaken, we can program it that way. They're in a game, but they don't know they're in a game. And sometimes, like Elon Musk says, there's a one in one billion chance we are not in a simulation. We're not, not what? We're not in a simulation, mm-hmm. meaning that we are. That's that's his thought. I mean, he's, a, he's an alien as far as I'm concerned, but... Yeah, it's just it's just an interesting question that I've always thought a lot about, and it's 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 just it's fun to it's fun to think about at least. I, I it reminds me of um, something I read a long time ago that the one thing that human beings are incapable of is considering that they don't exist. Mm. It's not possible. It's not possible to 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 say. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm not here. You, you know, so that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind when somebody suggests something like it all being 
a simulation and so on. Mm. I mean, I do think that in a, on a certain level, this is all a dream, mm. but that my act, the, the actual essence of who or rather what I am is beyond question to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I, I think it could be both. I think there could be an intelligent being that made consciousness and your soul and everything like that. And it's, it's his creation. So what, if it is a simulation, he made yeah. the simulation or someone made the simulation, you know what I mean? So it could, it could be a little bit of both as far as I'm concerned. That's so deep and esoteric and we just have <laughs> no idea. We could be spinning around inside the cell of somebody else who's spinning around the cell of somebody yeah. else. And it's all a matter of scale <laughs> and time and scope. And somebody asked uh, Stephen Hawking's one time, what's beyond the universe? looking for some uh, answer to this profound thought and he says i have no idea and he's right he has no idea we have no well, idea. well that's the that's 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 the great achievement is to not have any idea and to and to see if it's possible to to rest in what you know without a claim to that knowing mm. um i know that sounds a little like out there right. but uh, it's just that's just where i come from that i do i do believe again it's just me that it's possible to to be still and either through meditation reflection prayer contemplation whatever to to use your mind in a way different from that linear computer like well if this if this if this if this and you just kind of rest and knowledge can arise from that surrender um i i don't surrender. know how to say surrender it of the ego well, you know, yeah. but it's and it's interesting it all f falls in line with concepts like you know what is nothing there is no we have no understanding of what nothing is this is a table this is something the concept that there is just nothing is beyond human ability right it's kind of like when you said like, even nature. Well, I'm sorry, just yeah, yeah, real yeah. quickly. You know, nature abhors a vacuum. Mm. Anytime there's an empty space, nature fills it with something. Mm -hmm. So, is there nothing? dark matter or something? But yeah, when you said about the cell, we could be a cell and some. You ever seen that video where they start at a, like electron level, and they zoom out, and they, they get a little bit further, and you see the cell, and then you get a little bit further out, and it shows a human body, and then it gets a little further out, you see Earth a little bit further solar system keeps going mm. until it says it shows a model of the observable universe and it looks like a synapse of a brain Is that all, right? the, all the clusters all the super galaxy uh really? super clusters they look like a neuron in a brain oh, i'd love so, to see that That's yeah i'll send it to you yeah. it's really uh -huh. cool it is and there's other concepts that are worth exploring perhaps in future podcasts but sure things mm. like the concept of absolute zero mm. which is freezing things to a point where everything stops and we have not been able to ever freeze anything to absolute zero where electrons will stop oh, wow and by the same token well, we got to keep trying so walt disney's well, sure. walt disney's electrons are still buzzing around yeah, in there. yeah. and if we think about it you know you're talking about the uh, um dark matter uh, creator yeah. um in switzerland cern what happens if we create it mm. you know will we in fact have destroyed the universe you know they're saying that uh, i hope the, not the most minuscule Oh, I, I would miss the universe. Amount Super of that is just could just wipe us out completely. Oh, and yet here we yeah. spend every day trying to collide molecules and create it. So yeah, trying to mess with it. That's like uh, 
it's just funny. There's another joke about that when we send people into space, it's always a square jaw guys from Iowa, you know, and the German guys in lab coats going in there, ducking, holding their ears and saying, all right, hope everything goes out. All right. Like, mm-hmm. it's just funny. Like the scientists that are working in that are in a, mm-hmm. another, another plane of existence. But I don't, I, I always like to think about those things. I know there's no answers, but it's fun to think about at least. And speaking of fun things to think about, do you guys ever uh, go down the rabbit hole of North Korea? I think it's the last thing we'll talk about. In what sense? Just about how they run their country and what goes on well, over they've there. Well, they've done a, a better job with the coronavirus than we have. Yeah, you know, they, testing everybody. Yeah. Well, that's because they control but, their people. Yeah. yeah that, that would probably be about the only thing, but uh, yeah, it's... Uh, there's a Vice documentary with a guy who started Vice, uh, Shane Smith. This was years ago. He went over there to North Korea, and you have to have special permission, press pass, and all that stuff to go over there. And when he was over there, they, they put on a whole dog and pony show about like, look at how much food we have. They take him to this hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's not a single person staying yeah. in the hotel except for the workers. Mm-hmm. And they, they take him down to a banquet hall. He's the only one in the banquet hall. Mm. They take him to certain places that, that, that like make him show them in a good light. But at the whole time, right. like for instance, they take him into a, a computer lab mm-hmm. and show, hey, these are our, our students uh, studying computer science. And there's literally a guy, a, a, a Korean guy, sitting at a computer mm-hmm. with Google up, mm-hmm. the homepage of Google, and he's not typing or anything. He's staring at it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look at how how good our, our people can use the internet. And he's just literally looking at yeah, the yeah, Google yeah, homepage. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and they're listening to the Beatles. Right, They've right. got like maybe 15 kids in a class. Right, like, right. They start music class. And right. it's all it's all it's all horseshit. And, and, I, stage I, and, and I misspoke. Before when because when you first said it, I, I was thinking South Korea that oh, that, that yeah. they they actually did a good job with the testing. North Korea, who knows what they're doing yeah. there? I'm, I you know could have yeah. came from them, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so many theories floating around. Yeah, well you know we when you talk about the whole thing, North Korea, South Korea, places like that, we have no idea. I guess we have an idea, but you know we live life a, a certain way here in the United States where when I leave, I'll walk out into the driveway and my car is sitting out there and I'll drive my personal car to my home and I'll change clothes in my house. That's a very nice place to live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we envy sometimes Europeans because Europeans get more vacations than we do and live a little different lifestyle. But they also don't have cars. They, they travel on in uh, mass transit. They have They're limited. They, cars. Hmm? they have cars. Nah, they have cars, but they don't have cars the way Americans have cars. It's like New Yorkers poli- don't have yeah, cars. Even, right, even the police departments don't have cars. Hmm. Many times uh, in places like uh, Scandinavia and parts of Europe, when the cops leave the station, they take mass transit to where they're going to go. <laughs> okay. And uh, well, my, my son takes mass transit to Well, a cop. and again, that's, uh-huh. in New York is, yeah, yeah. A, is right. a style similar to that. Right, right. But, you know, we who live in suburbia in the United States, it's just... yeah. You know, we are opulent in ways that we think are mundane, and yet people in other places would think, oh, my God, how do they live like that? I, I, I agree, but I'm, I'm glad I don't think it's mundane. I'm, I'm like, incredibly grateful. We've talked, we talk about this all yeah, the time. All the this, time. Is, this is, like, just unreal. This, yeah. is, this is, you know, I, I, I we don't, we don't, incredibly We don't grateful. fear at night. You know, we don't mm-hmm. lay in our beds thinking, will somebody kill us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Not in Detroit, then, yeah. move around freely. The, bo- the bottom line is, it's almost embarrassing to say it, but we've had it so fucking easy. Mm-hmm. It's so e- You know, sometimes I I look back on certain events in my life and I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, I've been through a lot, you know, a couple of divorces and some serious illnesses with close family members and this and that. And then I stop and I say, that's nothing. That's Look yeah. around the world. I think that's, we all do that's that. That's nothing. Yeah. Boy, yeah. We've, we have got it 
so easy. It's unbelievable. Economically, you know, we went through this horrific time in 2006, we believe. And, you know, the market crashed for, especially for real estate. And Mm -hmm. um, I was in real estate at the time, so there was no money available, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. But at no time did I ever feel I was going to starve or be homeless. I was thinking, wow, this is inconvenient. And really, yeah. you know, we are we are spoiled. We yeah, absolutely don't understand. Now, that's not to say that everybody in our country is in the same boat. No, no because there are, know. well, you know, and again, yeah. we we it's difficult. We you take people from other places and different socioeconomic groups, and you try to make them. You know, if you want to be successful, this is the way to do it. But they don't live that lifestyle, and they don't care to live that lifestyle. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe what we have doesn't mean anything to them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we unfortunately I have clients, you know, who will be charged with murder and then get found not guilty and then go right back to the life that got them arrested in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, and you ask them the second time around, why did you do that? And that's the way we live. What do you want me to do? My family's there. You know, it's, it's, there's a cycle of poverty you just can't get out of. And that is another top, is a topic for another day. Oh, I've it's always, set up. The, uh, we'll talk about that thing maybe next week. It's a system set up to almost like real touch on it briefly. Like when someone gets a poor person gets a parking ticket, they can't pay the fines and it starts compounding. They get a warrant issued for them and they yeah, can't lose pay their license. Fees. They can't yeah. earn money. Mm-hmm. Sure. But mm-hmm. back to what we're talking about, about how we're spoiled here. This is a good quote that I've heard before. It's uh, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. That's pretty. Oh, that's, that's a cycle. I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a circle of life uh, argument. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Like the great generation, World War Two. You know how they had it, and the life yeah. they made, and then the baby boomers, and so on and so forth. And it's really. Uh, is that yeah. wait a second? Is that a diss on us baby boomers? No, not at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Not but at it all. is interesting. Age interesting is just concept. a number. Like like mm-hmm. Al and I have talked about. We've been on this ride a few times. We think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, well, I, you know, I tend to think that. You I know, think so too. And some people haven't, like you talked about, like how come some people don't have this or don't have that. I kind of think sometimes, you know, comedy is that some people maybe this is their first time around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's that possibly that that goes to the whole, you know, Dwight uh, thing, which is kind of where the first official theory of of rebirth uh, comes from. And it's it is all uh, sanskara or 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 karma. It's, you know more widely known but it's yeah whatever you did in one life um affects your your next life so whatever you've learned in the previous life you bring in so if you've learned selfishness Mm -hmm. you know if if you learned other negative things that's what you're going to bring in which means you need to break that cycle somewhere or else you continue to repeat and yeah. It, it's live it's, horrible lives. I always say this: the the uh, movie um, Groundhog Day. Oh, is, yeah. That's the perfect. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly the whole theory of of rebirth. Only there, it's presented as a single day as opposed to a life. But you get the same thing over and over again until you finally realize that hey, you know what? The only thing that works is being a really nice guy and being helpful to everybody and appreciating what you have, all that, that, that which, type of thing. Which, you know? coincidentally, is what makes that movie 30, 40 years old still popular today. Yeah. still yeah. studied. You know, I've taken college courses where, they've, yeah, yeah. where they they look at that movie because it was Harold Ramis, right? I don't know. I think it was I Harold Ramis. So. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. It was brilliant. The movie yeah. is brilliant. It really in is. A, it in really a is, yeah. very entertaining way. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that movie. Right. Mm-hmm. So you guys have anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up? Oh, I mean, um, if we head off on any uh, deep topics, we will be here for uh, 
hours. Yeah, it's it's three thirty, <laughs> and we got racquetball. I think we've only been going for half an hour, so we can cut it here. Or you got, or you guys want to? Yeah, yeah, I think we're good. We want to cut, cut it here? here. We got some uh, some possibly interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think it was pretty good. All right, well, thank you guys for listening again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Torcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Tor Glenn. Check him out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Tor Glenn. That's T-O-R-G-L-E-N-N. Please enjoy one of his original songs, Boys and Girls. It just feels like the end of the world. Though I know it's just boys and girls. How love just shook me, just took me right down. I'm left asking myself what it's all about And all i found Is just a broken heart Nothing that won't mend Just the same bad dream Waking me up again It's just a broken heart And it ain't no big deal it ain't the end of the world That's just the way it feels The little boy was as blue as can be The little girl had no idea she was that mean The past, the present, the future all in one So intertwined He doesn't want to cut undone It's got nothing to do with love It's just a broken heart Nothing that won't mend It's just the same bad dream Waking me up again It's just a broken heart And it ain't no big deal it ain't the end of the world That's just the way it feels Over I'll recognize you the first time I saw you And I said, here we go once again It's just a 